Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast brought to you by the Influence Alliance, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to build a profitable and scalable business. Now, my guest today says your inner voice is the most natural and powerful asset that you possess. And joining me on today's show is Dr. Doreen Downing. Doreen is a psychologist as well as a podcast host of Find Your Voice, Change Your Life. And she once suffered from stage fright. And there you go. She now has her own podcast and is speaking with me today about how to overcome your fear of speaking. Now, in conquering her own fear of stage fright, she discovered that being connected to your authentic self is the key to relaxed and confident speaking. And she now specializes in the treatment of public speaking anxiety. Now, in addition to coaching and online courses, she's also the author of Essential Speaking, The Seven-Step Guide to Finding Your Real Voice. And it's a book that teaches you how to transform your anxiety with presence and connection. Now, on today's show, Doreen's going to share how to overcome the fear of speaking. She's going to talk about self-discovery is a journey into the unknown. Are you going to be willing Willing to go there. And at the core of our being is a magnificent jewel. We are all brilliant. So welcome to the show, Doreen. Oh, welcome. I love hearing you speak so eloquently, Anne-Marie. This is wonderful to just feel the silkiness of your voice that introduces us. Oh, thank you. And it's such a pleasure to speak with you today because before we went live, we, we were sharing that the fear of speaking, whether it is on stage, whether it is being a guest on a podcast, let alone start their own podcast, is such a fear for people, that fear of speaking in, in public. Yet you are someone who had that same fear, that anxiety of speaking in public, and you are able to get through that and not only that and are supporting others. And what's What excites me about that is how often I have said, and I know others have said this as well, is that often we are walking through a journey that we will then go and be able to help others walk through as well because we've gone before them. But take us back to when you were uh, struggling with that. What was it that helped you start to understand that, hang on a minute, let's start to explore what is driving this fear? Because I'm sure that that then led you down the path to where you are today. Share a little bit more about that. Okay, well, I can go way, way back, but I think I'll start with the moment that it uh, woke me up. A a conference organizer asked me to speak. I'd been doing some research, and it was a conference among other psychologists, and I said, no, not me. I can't do it. I'm afraid of public speaking, and she confronted me. She said, but doctor, isn't fear your business? And that was a moment where I said, 
okay, I've been hiding out in my office, one-on-one, I'm comfortable with, you know, doing psychological work with people, but put me in a group, even with five or six other people, my heart would beat so fast, it would just rise up into my head, I was throbbing, I couldn't hear myself think, my throat would tighten, and this these symptoms, you know, the anxiety symptoms are very, very deep in our bodies. And, you know, here I am saying, well, I'm a doctor. I'm a psychologist. I've got a PhD. Why is this happening to me? And I work with so many women and men who are well into their professions that are still carrying this fear. Can you imagine how they hold themselves back from being more of who they can be? So that moment when she confronted me is the moment I went on my own inner journey because I knew it wasn't just about making a better speech. Yeah, I did go to Toastmasters. I did win contests. I did learn a lot. But actually, that fear, that hesitance, that, ooh, I don't know, you know, inside of me was very deep. And that's what I... I know because I'm a psychologist that a lot of our sense of self has occurred early, early, early in life. And so that's what I did. I I did a little inner search for some of my roots to anxiety. And when I work with people, that's what I do. I go to the roots of where their anxiety is. Yeah. if you want me to share one of my roots. Oh, we, we certainly will. But one of the things that you mentioned there, I mean, you stopped yourself previously from speaking and, and how good was it that someone actually said, but aren't you in the fear of, aren't you in the business of fear? Before we go on, I can share a story where, where a colleague of mine uh, was telling me that her husband had been working very hard for many, many years to uh, for a position in their company. And finally, he'd uh, been offered the role. However, the board of directors has said, well, we're changing the role slightly and now you need to go out and speak to other teams within the organisation and uh, to, to be able to support them. And he turned, the, he turned the role down. She said, I cannot believe it. He worked so hard for many years and now he, he let his, you know, there was a fear of public speaking. How many people are not sharing their story, their message, a message that can change the lives of many and impact culture, the change of culture because of that fear. So we're going to unpack that a little bit more today, uh, Doreen. When you went and started on that journey of self-discovery, and you're going to speak a little bit more now into the the self-discovery is a journey into the unknown. Speak a little bit about that because I would imagine that what's driving that fear is going to be different for everyone, the circumstances. The approach to helping them overcome that may be, may be similar, but, you know, it's important to go on that self-discovery re-journey. Share some insights into that, please. Yes, I would say that the willingness to do self-discovery is the beginning of self-development. And I think that people have to be motivated and help 
guided, and I think that's what I do, is to make it safe for people to go towards fear. Because fear is already scary enough, isn't it? And they know that if they get close to it, they're just going to walk away. And that's what most people do. They avoid, just like the story of the man you told us about. And I could spend the rest of our time together, more stories about people who step back like I did and like he did. But I have lots of stories about people who finally said, yes, I want to develop myself. And that inner, when you say, gee, it's a going into the unknown, of course it's unknown. People say, I can't understand. I know I don't need to be afraid. I don't understand why I get so afraid. And I'll just say it right now. If that's the kind of situation you feel that you're in, that you don't understand, there's some other process that's working. There are two parts of our brain. The front part is the one that thinks and says, I shouldn't be and I'm okay. But the back part, you know, the hind brain, the lizard brain, the reptilian brain is what we call it, uh, has its own wiring. And neuroscientists have shown us, have done research that the wiring systems in the frontal part of your brain is different than the back part of your brain, which brings me to the let's go deep into your history and find where some of those wires got tied up. And I'll tell you just one of my wires was my grandma at five years old told me to be very quiet because if I made any noise, my mom was going to have to go back into the hospital. And mom had already been in and out of the hospital for depression, I don't know, several times. So it's very clear. I had to shut up early on in life. So I shut myself down and I'm not going to, I'm not going to speak up. Somebody's going to get hurt or somebody's going to disappear. My mom is going to get uh, you know, sick again and she's going to go away. So I know that that's kind of a dramatic <laughs> uncovering of a root, but another story is of a person who had um, imposter syndrome. I know with your last guest, you talked a little bit about imposter syndrome, but we dug back a little bit, didn't go too far back, but his father died and his uncle came to him and said, you're now the man of the family. He was only 12 years old. And so he said, my gosh, I've been an imposter since I was 12 years old. So once people pinpoint, I, I just can't say enough about pinpointing moments in their life where they were not, you know, where they were prevented or where they shut themselves down or where a teacher did that or where they were bullied, all these circumstances that, and you were right, that each one of us has our own complex of uh, roots that are down deep around when we were trying to find ourselves and say, hello, world, here I am. Do you love me? <laughs> yeah. I love that you've shared a couple of those examples because, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that through you sharing that, that that's someone who needs to hear this because they have a message that is going to impact, you know, um, the community and, and ultimately others through sharing that, but I'm not sharing that at the moment. You know, you mentioned something about, and I'm not going to use, I'm going to use layman's terms because I'm not a psychologist and I don't know all of the, the ins and outs, but when you're talking about the front brain and then the back brain, we may even as adults know that there may be a certain circumstance that may have happened in the past 
you know, self-discovery that might uncover other areas. But even so, we may know that, we may have an awareness of that, but there's something happening, isn't there, in that back brain that we still, there's something that is, that still needs to be looked at, dealt with, healed, if you you will. So even though you may know it, there may still be some work that needs to be done around that so that it no longer continues to impact you and kind of the result. Would you say that that's true, that even though we may know that, yes, my uncle has said that, why is it still impacting me today as an adult? Right. And so you get the insight, which is only the beginning. And I think that because I'm more of a psychologist and I'm concerned about people healing the word that you just used, as opposed to just layering on a good presentation and going for it no matter what, feel the fear and do it anyway. I would much rather have people heal the inner conflicts, the inner wounds, so that when they do stand up in front of people, when they are in the spotlight, that they have much deeper confidence to feel like I am totally here, available, happy to be in this moment sharing whatever it is, the message that they have to share. Yeah, so true. Something that uh, my previous guest uh, mentioned, and I'd love for you to share some insights onto this as well, is, and she mentioned that something that is happening in one part of your life is most likely impacting another area of your life. So taking the time to explore and discover and heal or whatever words that you want to use around those specific things that did occur from a younger age uh, is going to impact not just your fear of speaking, but I'm sure will trickle into other areas of your life too, yes? Yes, and that's why, you know, my tagline is find your voice, change your life, because it's not just about being a public speaker at all. I mean, it's about being with children in such a way that you listen to them in a way that you speak to them and in in relationship too, being able to know who you truly are and feel the strength of your own voice and being able to communicate. So I, I agree with you around finding and healing wounds that have to do with your sense of self is, yes, it is about your way of expressing yourself in all aspects of your life. Yes. Yeah. It's like, where else are you not speaking up? Or if you're going from the premise, well, I'm just going to fight the fear and do it anyway, how you speak may also be inhibited where I know sometimes when I'm nervous, I speak quickly. Now, I tend to speak quickly anyway. So when I speak quickly and I'm nervous, it's just like blah, blah, blah. So then you slow down and you bring a different approach different energy, a different, you know, persona, if you will. Not that it's a change persona, but it impacts you in a different way than if you are, you know, comfortable uh, and able to speak. It, it just, yeah, it, it's just a different, um, yeah, just a different scenario. I can't even think of the word. Would you say that that's true too? It's not that you're just doing something, it, you, you're being it because you're just comfortable. Yes. And that when I heard you introduce me and you used the phrase, uh, your natural, you know, your most powerful asset is your inner voice. I felt the resonance of your voice and I'm feeling it right now. I know I was talking, talking, talking and 
I just took a breath and I dropped down and I feel like my voice has a different quality right now. It has more of a fullness, a richness. And I think that's what you're talking about is when you're at ease, you're comfortable in your body, you're comfortable with um, the fear, the anxiety is dissolved. Finally, (laughs) you have more room, more space, and you're coming from a rooted place that is like music. Your voice has a certain tone, a timber, a melody, you might say. Yes, that's true. You know, if I look back to previous podcasts when I first started back in 2008 and I listened to my voice, it's it, it's almost as if it was here, coming from here, and it was a higher, it was, you, you were saying it was a higher pitch because I was nervous. But as you, the comfortable, as becoming more comfortable, if you will, it's it's more from the chest. It's more from down, down here, I, I think. And that's where uh, I think yeah, I, I can certainly agree with what you're saying. Let's talk about some of the things that you then moving forward in your own story and you started to recognise well, this was said to me as that that young child. What are some of the things, I mean, I only share what you feel comfortable in sharing, but what was the journey then to to ensure that that, that young child and whatever feelings and whatever thoughts that she had around that no longer had that fear that was being brought into adulthood. What were some of the things that you did that would enable you to heal from that? Yes, thank you for inviting that part of me to come out. Uh, Yes, as a psychologist, I have various tools and techniques, and there are several I can just point to right now. One is called inner child work, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but it's a dialogue with the little one who was sitting there contracted and uh, broken down and wanting to um, not make a, a sound at all. And so the dialogue with parts of self is something like I nowadays say, hello, little one, or I might give her a name. Hello, Rini, which is my nickname when I was a little girl. Hello, Rini. And Rini says back to me, I'm so scared. And so I would say, I would be listening to her. Well, what are you scared about? Well, I'm afraid everybody's going to walk out if I get up on stage and they're not going to, they're going to judge me and I'm not going to be good. And, you know, like all those kinds of fears. And I listen, you know, and I think that there is so much, and that's what psychology, that's what I do in my office with people. I listen to them in a way that helps them express the fear. So what I've done, what I'm just showing you is that I get closer to where the fear actually is lodged in some other part of my uh, life, my body, my brain, somewhere. And I reach in and I say, hello in there. Let me give you some space. Let me give you some listening. Let me give you some comfort and help you grow. I can do that now, which is so different than, hey, buckle up. <laughs> Get out there. Do it yourself. Just do it anyway, you know. Yeah. You know what I love about that, and I'd love you to share if you have some insights around that because someone might be thinking and listening that may not have had the opportunity to learn or even hear about some of the, the tools, the techniques, the modalities that you use, uh, which are incredibly helpful. And, again, it depends, you know, the length of time that you would spend with someone really depends too. But sometimes I'm sure you would have a conversation with someone and all of a sudden it's released. 
release, isn't it? That that young child is no wrong release. But I heard a term many years ago when I was learning sort of different modalities that even as children we um, we we coped or we created thoughts and beliefs and resources that we had at that time. Had we had better resources, we would respond better, we would learn better. And as an adult, we now have far more resources available to us through the learning development experience and so forth than we would have had as a child. But does neuroscience then also, has it proven, because we know you know it to be true from a psychologist's point of view, that whenever a situation happens that triggers, it's a, an, it's, an, it's, a, it's a triggering event that has us go back to an experience that takes us right back to where we were in childhood. It's almost immediate, so that that fight or flight, if you will, and that's what we're trying to heal, isn't it, so that that no longer ha- happens. Has neuroscience proven that, that that's kind of, can, is what's happening and why people are kind of going right back to that fear. Well, yes, and in this book, uh, Rewire the Anxious Brain by Pittman and Carl, the neuroscientists who studied the different neural pathways in the brain and discovered that they are different. Uh, what The techniques that I was so I was so excited when I read the book that a lot of what I've come up and discovered about how to help people create safety for themselves so that they can heal and grow is something that they're saying, yes, that that part of the brain needs to be approached, not pushed, but uh, gently approached, just like you would in like a dog that's been kicked. You know, you just want to get closer and closer and closer, uh, slowly, gently uh, approach your own fear so that then fear begins to relax. And it's just like with me in my office with people that I work with in psychology, they begin to um, feel like, oh, I have a listening where I'm finally safe. Oh, I have a voice. Oh, you know, I can be heard and it grows from there. And so that I have a whole nother process that I use with people after we get to the roots of anxiety, because that's not just it. I mean, once you've done some of that inner anxiety, uncovering the roots work, then we're saying, okay, what what needs to be done now? And that's what my seven secrets are all about, because I don't teach speech writing or speech delivery as such. I teach people how to find their voice, which is the next step. Uh, First, you've got to do the uncovering of the fear, healing the fear, and then you get to take on the seven steps, which lead to being what you said earlier, finding your most natural and powerful asset. Yeah, your inner voice. <laughs> Absolutely, and and thank you for spending a little bit of time in kind of that uncovering because, you know, you can do all of the practical steps, you know, how to put together a speech, getting out there and doing that, you know. Uh, yet, if you're not dealing with some of the things that we've spoke about previously. Um, yeah, you may just find yourself having to just, you know, as as you said, deal with that first, heal from that first, and then you can certainly move forward. Now, I love the way that you say, you know, at the core of our being is our magnificent jewel. We are all brilliant. Would you say that a lot of people don't recognize, we talk about imposter syndrome previously, that 
some of the fear that that is being driven by people not stepping up is what will people think about me? What will people say? Will I be judged? Is that kind of can often be a fear from both men and women, I would imagine? Oh, it's the number one fear. I'm going to be judged. (laughs) There's just no other way to say it than you're going to get in front of people and somebody's going to say something about you. You're going to show your fear and you're going to feel ashamed. You're going to feel humiliated. You're going to feel like a failure. All those negative, negative scenarios. And uh, first, it seems like what we have to do is to, there's there's the body itself that we need to do some processes around uh, relaxation, training the body to go from a little bit of anxiety to deep relaxation. That is so important. It'd be like training a marathon runner. You know, they don't just get out and go run around uh, 26 miles. They train for it. So in speaking, we have to train our bodies to go to instantly a relaxed calm state and we also have to train our minds to go quiet because we and that's what well my first step is the stillness and that's uh, the secret of being really quiet inside so that you feel a grounded centered sense of self where you can drop down even in the midst of anxiety being able to go to a calm centered place And then you notice that if you're starting to go to some past or to some future imagined event, you're not in the presence anymore. And that's the second secret is presence. So we start with stillness, training you how to go to stillness in your body and in your mind. And then we talk about presence, how, and there's some techniques, you might have heard of spotlighting, um, you know, like focusing on an object right in front of you so much so that everything else disappears in the moment so that you bring yourself back to here and now. So yes. absolutely. And that's that. That's so I work with um, stillness, presence, and there are some other steps along the way and secrets that I teach. But the one that you're talking about is the fifth secret, which I call um essential self, the essence of who you are, the brilliance. And so when we talk about going on this inner exploration, you don't know what you're going to find. Most people don't really know that inside of them is their jewel, is their uh, absolute magnificence. And a lot of people don't, uh, wouldn't even begin to realize that or Um, believe it and that's where we get to and that's part of beyond the wounded child beyond any kind of history that you have is what you were born with this gift and that's what we tap what I help people tap into Uh, one 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 man I worked with who was a, a VP of sales of all things and he had to write pages before each meeting that he had a weekly meeting had to show up and he just suffered all Friday morning until his Friday meeting and he'd go in and he'd read his papers and and he was the VP of sales like my was telling you that earlier so many people uh, do not realize that there's this possibility for them to break through the fear he was just doing this 
um, trying to cope every day. But, you know, in, in learning about himself, I said one day, you're vibrant. You know, I just saw him as this vibrant being. And he, he kind of melted and he goes, and the, but it turned to power for him. I'm vibrant. And he emailed me back and, and before a meeting and he says, I said, I'm vibrant. And it's not just self-affirmation because what you, it has to be true. It can't just be some something you're saying to yourself and trying to convince yourself. It was like he felt it. I felt it. And it was like, there's his jewel. There's his magnificence. He is vibrant. And that gave him strength to go into his um, meetings. I love that. So you've given us a snapshot insight into Secret 1, Secret 2 and Secret 5. Do you want to just briefly go through some of the other secrets? I mean, obviously, uh, we'll at the end of today's show share how people can get a copy of your book, how they can reach out to you. But I think sometimes it's nice just to give them an insight into what those other secrets are because I'm sure that there will be one or more of those that people can say, that is going to be so helpful for me. So are you happy to share just a brief overview of each of the other secrets? Yes, I think in fact the listeners who's ever listening right now, the third secret is soften your eyes. And Anne-Marie, you could even do that right now and I'll do it. It's just soften the area around your eyes and you'll notice all of a sudden your cheeks get a little softer, your head, the back of your neck, and there it's a instant kind of relaxation to soften your eyes and gaze rather than eye contact. I don't call it eye contact. I call it eye presence, which builds on the first secret of stillness, the second secret of presence. The third secret is eye presence. And the fourth secret is essence listening. And you're listening not to judgment. If you learn how to listen to the essence of another person, what I just talked about, the jewel uh, or the inner child, you might say, uh, you're not listening to how you think people are judging you. And it's a training to learn how to listen to people in a way that you pay attention to something positive inside of them. And so that then leads to the essence uh, which is number five. Number six is connection. And that by by now in my training, people have developed these skills and these tools. And we are now talking about staying connected to your essence wherever you are. It's not just um, on a stage. It's at the grocery store. It's with your children. It's with your friends. It's anytime, anywhere. It's what John Kabat-Zinn says, wherever you go, there you are. And that essence of who you are, your voice is always, all day we're speaking, right? <laughs> and so that connection to the essence of who you are. And when you're speaking, always speak at, into the listening of another person and notice their, their essence. And then the last is something that most programs say, be yourself, but it's my program is more about the journey to be yourself, to be more fully yourself so that the speaking comes from truly who you are, yeah. you know, rather than just be yourself and that people go, yeah, but I get afraid. 
can I get a bit more information on what that actually is? But you allow you, oh, it's almost like you strip back the layers that allows them to kind of see what's there already. Because often our fear will be there and that 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 secret one, the still voice, I would imagine when people are able to get to that point where that inner critic, because often what we're doing when we're fearful, we look at what, well, there's someone's look at me, and someone's yawning, I must be boring, you know, that kind of feedback in our own minds can inhibit and then we get even more anxious and before we know it, um, we're really stumbling. I, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing that and spending a little bit more time around from, you know, bringing your psychologist expertise to share some insights because some people may not really be aware of what, what goes on and I, and I think it's what you've just shared is giving us a valid reason on why don't just fake, I hate this term and I'm sure you do too, fake it till you make it. Don't you just, doesn't that just sound icky? Wouldn't you just rather recognize that the brilliance that, that you, you have to offer and other people as well? And so that you don't have to fake anything or feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. How can people find out more about you, Doreen? How can they get a copy of your book and find out more about your programs? Well, I think an easy way right now is Doreen7steps.com, Doreen, D-O-R-E-E-N, 7steps.com, and the 7 could be number 7 or the right 7, either way, Doreen7steps.com is the easiest way to get my, I have a guide book, it's only 15 pages long, but it's got uh, the all of what I've talked about and a little bit more today, which is, I think, a really good resource for people who are not just about speaking, but it's it's more about being. And that's what I said. It, it's speaking. Your fear of speaking is not about making a better speech. Your fear of speaking is about being more of who you are. And each one of my secrets starts with be, you know, be still, be present, etc. So. Fantastic. And my book, you mentioned the book. I think if people go to my website, essentialspeaking.com, there'll be my coaching programs I'll be doing this fall. Uh, six, well, um, it's actually a three month program, 12 weeks, where each week I coach and it'll be either group or individual. People choose either one. And so I think you can find that basically on my website my coaching programs which I'm going to be doing this fall exciting exciting and now is the best time to uh to get support because of the tools and technologies that we have available to us now you know there are people we're talking about speaking for those people who would like to uh speak on stage you've got a virtual stage now and so, you know, the technology can certainly help you uh, share your message because you know it's going to influence, you know it's going to impact others and make a difference in their lives. What better way to get the support that you need so that you can step out confidently and there's a difference between you know the confidence and arrogance and that's not what we're talking about but just confidently sharing your message because you know that you've got insights that is going to change someone's life and um thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your insights with us i've certainly loved our conversation and know others will as well Oh, Anne-Marie, it's been thoroughly enjoyable to share with you and have you understand so 
uh, insightfully about what I have to say because it's so not the traditional speaking program and it seems like you really were able to tune in and uh, amplify it some more today. So thank you. You are welcome. Thanks, Doreen. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.